Welcome to the Two Mutts Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. <laughs> Rick White, here's Radulov with a kiss. Scores! One timer, scores! Perry scores! Corey Perry! Here's Drysdale again, turns, shoots, scores! Austin Matthews in shoots, Austin Matthews! Schultz ahead, Crosby onside, behind the fence towards the net, he scores! Back across, fired, score! Crosby again! Tames with a shot, he scores! Tames shoves it front, they score! Jonathan Tames ties it! Look at that! Are you watching this? What a brilliant piece of work from Connor McDavid! Wow. Our guest tonight grew up in the great city of Edmonton, played two seasons for the Spruce Grove Saints, went on to four years with Wisconsin, where he was named captain, was drafted in 2015 in the sixth round by the Boston Bruins behind some plug named McDavid. Last year, he was fortunate enough to play his first game with the Bruins. We'd like to welcome to the podcast Edmonton's own Cameron Hughes. Thanks for having me, guys. So how's it going? Like, kind of what have you been up to? Are you preparing for the season? Yeah, so like I've been to Edmonton. Uh, most of this summer, fall, and winter. Uh, been skating and working out uh, with the paws now and shut down now. Uh, it's a little hard to get on the ice. Got to find outdoor rinks or, or whatnot. But I've uh, been able to work out um, at RVX for a little bit. And then now with that being shut down, just back at the house and kind of grinding away that way and uh, kind of waiting to see what happens with the season as as we all are. So are you going to main camp or how is that working out with Boston this year? Are they having a full camp or are they just bringing a few guys in or what's the story there? So as of right now, I, I still don't really know, uh, to be completely honest with you. I think, uh, I think all that stuff's being discussed and ongoing. Um, and talking with my agent, I think all he really, he doesn't really know much either. He, he knows that it's, it's being discussed, but he basically just says, you know, stay in the best shape, kind of, kind of be ready when they call. I think that you can kind of go about it now because you can't control a lot of the stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Have you been skating at, at any? Because I know a few rinks were open there for a while for some one-on-one sessions. Were you involved in any of that stuff? Yep. So I had a small, we have a small group of like local uh, players in Edmonton. I mean, that's stopped now with the latest two shutdowns, but. Up until then, we had been skating as a group, and then uh, I kind of been finding ways to to skate by myself uh, the last probably been a month now with with everything going on. So uh, we definitely we had a good thing going, and then obviously the again, like I said, things you can't control kind of change the change the way we had to go about it. But um, that's been fine. Yeah. So um, it was funny because uh, one of your a few buddies kind of reached out to us and they, they said, you know, you'd kind of be interested in, in coming on, you know, it's not, I, I told you too, I said this ain't, if you're expecting big things like spitting chiclets or, or uh, <laughs> the other one, buddy, like this is so far from that, you know? Um, so he texted me, he's like, you come. So I did a little homework about, about your, your uh, family and stuff, just through some friends. And they're telling me you come from a family, like four boys, and you guys are all in hockey. 
my first question, and probably everybody's here, is how the hell did your parents raise four boys in hockey? Because I'm raising two, and I, it's a struggle. Yeah, I honestly don't. I, that's a question I'll probably never know. It, um, you know, so many sacrifices. Uh, they did so much. It's, it is truly, uh, I don't know how they did it. Uh, I mean, they still are doing it with Ethan. Ethan's 14, so he's in second year Bantam. He's the youngest. So there's a 10, 10 years between him and myself right down to the day. Uh, I'm October 9th, and he's October 8th. So uh, they've just constantly been in hockey rinks uh, around Edmonton and um, you know it's you know you can't thank them enough for how much they've done they've done for for all of us and uh, like you said it's pretty amazing and I, I don't know how they did it what are your parents names uh, so my dad's Brian and then my mom's Pauline Pauline yeah stick taps to to the both of them right there <laughs> like unbelievable yeah. unbelievable and it's been crazy too now. This whole sorry to interrupt, but the the whole time we've yeah, been yeah. back, this is the longest time the four of us have all been back. So we've been back for the whole ever since the spring, and uh, it's been pretty crazy. But uh, they've done a good job that way, so it's been fun. Awesome. Probably some a few holes to fix in the drywall when you guys leave. I'd imagine, eh? Yeah, we actually. That's funny you say that. We just did the we just did the garage to fix that up. Um, and there was quite a few marks in there, so my dad's got his his garage back to you know what he likes to that. So it's that's that's good. Awesome. Hey, talk talk a little bit about growing up in Edmonton and and kind of where your minor hockey started, some teams and and you know what your path was there. Yeah, so uh, I grew up playing White Mud West, uh, and then I moved on to the Northwest Zone, and then into the CAC uh, program. Um, and now I had a blast. I mean, that was your, where you had your most fun as a young kid. Uh, I know watching Ethan do it. I think a lot of the things that we did, they're still doing, uh, with their team, which is cool to see. And then, yeah, we all grew up through the CAC ranks and kind of went that way and, and had a good time with that. So this, I think we've kind of had a lot of local, uh, local boys on the podcast and, you know, fortunately, we're from Millwoods, except for Brody. Uh, unfortunately, he's from St. Albert, so we don't we haven't had a lot of St. Albert guys yet. We've had a lot of Millwoods Bruins. So, congratulations on kind of being the first White Mud West CAC boy. Nice. Um, talk about a couple coaches that that you had growing up that kind of, you know, they said Cam, you know, I see something in you, you, you know, to, that you can take your game to the next level. For sure. Uh, so I had, I had Wayne Truk. Uh He comes to mind. I had him for uh, one year in Pee Wee, and then my my Bantam second year. Uh, he was always a coach that uh, his oldest son, I think, is another local kid, Brandon Truk, and he went through a lot of the things that we were gonna go through. He was a couple years older, and he was a WHL draft pick, and I think Wayne was pretty good at uh, showing us like where we had to get to, where we had to go and kind of toss a lot of stuff that way. So uh, he was a really good coach. Um, and then I guess past my, this might be jumping a little ahead, but uh, in junior hockey, I had Jason McKee in Spruce Grove and he was awesome for me. I think he really took uh, my game, I guess, to the next level. He kind of opened my eyes to 
how I wanted to play hockey going forward. And, um, you know, I can't thank him enough either. So that, yeah, you, you mentioned Jason McGee, McKee, and I, I happen to know, I think Larry Draper was, was on the staff at that point. Yeah. He was my first year. He was there. Yeah. So I'm close with Draper and he reached out. And the biggest thing that he said about you was the respectfulness that you have. So again, that, that's some kudos to your parents and, and whatnot. Um, you were, you were drafted by the, in the dub. Walk yep. us through that decision to decide to go play for, for Jason and the Spruce Grove Saints. Yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of weird to be honest. It was kind of just happened. Um, so I went to camp uh, in, in, um, in Swift Current when I was 16. Uh, had a pretty good camp. You know, they were, they were awesome. Like, uh, great organization. Like, they treated me pretty well. It was, you know, it was pretty cool for junior hockey. Like, the first taste you get. So, uh, it was awesome. They had asked me to sign and go back and play midget. Uh, so, we just, at the time, we thought, why don't we wait a little bit and go see what's back in Spruce Grove. I talked to Spruce Grove a little bit, Sherwood Park a little bit. And then, I went to Spruce Grove camp, not really thinking anything of it. I was thinking I was going to go back and play uh, in midget. And then just had a good camp there. And Jason basically said, yeah, you can, you can have a spot of the team. And, um, you know, I was pretty cool college to jump into. They'd, they'd won, you know, a couple over the past years. So I was, I was really excited. And I just I joined on there and kind of had a good year. And then, then I really kind of – my eyes kind of opened up for the NCAA. I, I kind of got talking to a few schools and stuff and – that it was uh, kind of showed that that was a route that, you know, I wanted to take and kind of just, yeah, because everything just fell into place from there. Right on, right on. Yeah. You talk about Jason and, and I mean, I know what he's doing in Vernon now. Um, I mean, what he did in the saints program, how much help did he have? He went the college road as well for, I think he played both college. Yeah. He and did Duff. both. He did both. Yeah. So how, how did he help you in deciding? You know, uh, well, or, or what to expect, I guess. What to expect yeah. in the. I think Jason, he was good. He just, he never pushed any way. Like, and there was never a bias to, hey, you got to stay here and play in Spruce Grove. Like, had had the WHL option still been there, I think he, you know, would have supported me in any way, which was good. And then he also just laid all the, you know, the options out there with the schools. So, um, yeah, he kind of kind of let it let it happen which was what I needed at the time and uh yeah that kind of you know definitely I'll definitely fortunate to have a coach like that right on did you what other did you have call like what colleges are looking at yeah what did you have a lot of obviously yeah, you had a lot of interest little, yeah I went on a couple of fly downs um so I went to Ohio State uh Penn State and Michigan State um and Wisconsin and you know, all, all schools were, you know, so it was funny. I, I didn't actually even know at the time, but I went to all Big Ten schools and something, I don't know if it was the football or something drew me to a Big Ten school and the hockey and <laughs> just that atmosphere. So I, I actually didn't even notice, but I went to all uh, Big Ten schools my visits, which in hindsight, I maybe could have toured like a, a different school. But uh, looking back on it, I'm pretty happy with, with where I went in Wisconsin and uh, it was pretty fun four years. Now I gotta know: are, are the fly downs? Are they what? Every, you can just say yes or no. Are they what everybody <laughs> says they are? 
Uh, they're fun. I mean, it's it is it is <laughs> cool because as a it's it's funny because as a seventeen year old kid in Alberta, you don't you have no idea what the schools offer and what it's like to to you know walk on like Wisconsin's campus and see the see the rink of fifteen thousand people and then see the football stadium of a hundred thousand people. So it's something that at seventeen that I had no idea that's what it was like, and I don't think. Um, where it's getting better now with the exposure and stuff, but it definitely is a cool, definitely a really cool experience. You know, it's, it's first class and it's, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Right on. Uh, it's nice to meet you, Cameron. I'm Bosco here. So, uh, pet one of Petro's buddies. He told me you're one of the beauties that he played with last year. You guys are good guys. So I got a question at the end, uh, about your guys' golf turn, uh, golf that you guys had later on, but uh, okay. we'll stick with uh, Wisconsin and how that first year was, and how, how was it like, you know, obviously being away from home and all that. Yeah, that was uh, it was an adjustment for sure. I was I was still pretty young and I hadn't been away from home. I hadn't played junior at sixteen or seventeen away. I was still living at home playing Spruce Grove, so it uh, it was definitely an adjustment. But uh, I think what helped, we went actually down in the summer in July before the season started. So I had July and August to kind of be on your own, or June, July, August to be on your own and kind of, you know, get the, like, the that living part on your own out of, out of the way. And then once I got into the season, I felt better with it. But uh, it was definitely an adjustment. Where did you guys, uh, where did you live during that time? Obviously, it was probably in campus somewhere. Yeah, so we were, uh, so my first year I was with, I was in a, an apartment with three other guys, um, and it was probably big enough for two of us. It was, it was so fun, though, because like you said, it was our first time being away from home, and I had a bunk bed, uh, my roommate had a bunk bed, and my bed was on the ground, and then my other buddies were in another room, and yeah, it was just, it was a good time. And That's colleagues away, man. Yeah, we're still good buddies with those guys, too, so awesome. that's fun. Nice. Uh, so what's the difference between the AJHL and college, like uh, game wise and practice wise? Uh, ooh, that's so it's, I mean, it's obviously the hockey's a lot better, but that goes without saying, I think the biggest adjustment I found was with college, it's only two games a week. And it's still, even when I tell some of my buddies that play in the dub or had played in the dub, they, they find that so crazy of having a full week and then playing games Friday, Saturday. So that part is probably the biggest difference because, you know, you're handling your school during the week and then, then you play your games Friday, Saturday. So that's probably the biggest difference schedule-wise. And then obviously, like I said, the hockey is just faster and stronger. And and at 17 or at 18 when I was playing there, some guys are 23 and 24, you know, in their fourth years of college. So that, uh, that maturity and, like, age just kind of showed <laughs> – I can attest. I can attest to what Cam's saying because, I mean, being a fourth liner at Nate, you, we practiced five days a week and played two. So, I I think that my first year, that that practice five days a week really pumped me up and made me a little bit better for my next year when I moved up to the third line PK. It was unbelievable. So I, I know exactly what he's talking about, Bosco. Like you can ask that kind of stuff to me too. Just don't forget about it, eh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so take us in a, in a day, a day in a life as a college player. And what was that like? Yeah. So that, 
say it's a Tuesday, you got your class. Usually you work out still during the week, which is what I needed at, at 18. Uh, still need, obviously, but um, yeah, you probably work out at 8 o'clock. Uh, then you go to class, you have a couple classes. You're on the go pretty much the whole day. Then you get to, so we shared with, so then you get to your practice, but we shared with the, the girls' team. So one semester we practice it at one o'clock and they practice at four. And the next semester they'd switched. So your classes kind of align that way. And uh, either way, your day probably starts at eight and it, you get back to for dinner at six and then you're doing some, some homework. So you're pretty busy throughout the day. That's, that's awesome. Crazy times, but uh, so sticking with with that, and what year were you named captain, and how big of an honor was that for you? Yeah, so that was my that was my senior year. Um, yeah, and it was it was pretty cool. Uh, my coach was Tony Granado at the time, and uh, it was in the summertime, and he just pulled me in the room, and he's I had been an assistant captain the year before, uh, and kind of you know that helped me like get my feet wet with being a leader and a team and everything. And he kind of pulled me away and said, Hey, you're going to be the captain. And, you know, I was obviously really honored and especially coming from a guy like him. Yeah, uh, no doubt. yeah, exactly. With the pedigree he had and what he's done. And he's, he was awesome. And he's, he's still doing really good at that uh, at, at Wisconsin and kind of trying to build the program back. So uh, it was a really cool experience. Yeah, speak of him, and obviously, I think his brother was there too, right, Dom Granado. So, speak of uh, of them and how great they were for you for your development in your career. Yeah, they were both awesome. I I only had Don for one year, but he's one of the coaches that I think really he changed the way I looked at the game a lot. Um, he's so smart, and um, some of the things he I still remember a lot of things that he would uh, teach us and. He moved on to the. He moved on to Chicago after a year with us, and I think he's still still working his way in the NHL. So he was awesome. And then the two of them together was kind of cool. They have like little different personalities, but they work pretty well together. And you know, they it was cool to see the two of them coach together as brothers. Nice, nice. Uh, and uh, obviously, you got drafted in 2015. In my opinion, is probably going to uh, push uh, you know the kind of the 03 draft. I think the 2015 draft is unreal. So speak of that day and, and how great that was for you and your family. Yeah. So it was, it was fun. I was funny story. I was actually, uh, I was in Wisconsin. I was on my, my buddy's boat and we were, it was on, cause I didn't go to the draft, but uh, we were following our phones and it was a beautiful day in Wisconsin. It was probably plus 30 around the boat. And you know, I kept checking my phone, checking my phone and it finally came and I got the call and it was, I'll never forget the day. It was so fun. And, um, to be with my buddies too at the time, like they were so so happy for me, and I'll never really forget that day. And um, you know, I'm really fortunate for to be chosen, and it was uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. A few natty lights had that night, probably. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, Cam. After this, you end up uh, three years in the minors playing for Providence. That's uh, probably the biggest jump you've taken in hockey. I would assume playing against you know 30 year old full-grown men, uh, big boy strength, uh, playing, you know, on the road three days, three games, three nights. Talk to us about the big jump that would have been straight from college where you're just playing on weekends to hitting the bus, hitting hotels, grinding away full, like long days, long weeks, long months. Yeah, no, it's definitely, 
Uh, it is different from college, but I, I do think it. I'm like really happy with how college did prepare me for it because uh, like your time management and the way like you have to take care of your body and manage your school. Um, once you get to pro and you like it's it's your job, I felt like I was pretty good at transitioning that way. Um, so I'm, I'm fortunate to have what I learned in college help me there. And then uh, when I signed, I signed at the end of my senior year and I had, I went and joined Providence um, for like a half season before I actually started my first full season. I, and I only played a couple of games, but I kind of got a first taste of what it's like for, to be a pro and uh, was around a couple of good guys there that kind of helped me and gave me things that I needed to work on through that summer. Uh, and then when I came back the, the following, following winter, it was, I felt more prepared for it. Oh, great. Uh, as far as living, living arrangement, roommates and such, uh, does the team set you up with a uh, veteran being that you would have been a full rookie, uh, set you up with somebody kind of show you the ropes, lead you through your first year of pro hockey? Uh, no. So the first year, um, you're kind of on your own because a lot of those guys, I guess, at least in the minors, a lot of those guys have families and they're in, like they're in the similar spot as you as they're maybe on a one-year deal or something like that. And so they're just finding an apartment, but I was fortunate. I lived with two other, uh, two other players that played college, uh, Carson Kuhlman and Wiley Sherman. And we both, we were all in the exact same uh, situation. Fourth year guys signed as seniors had graduated and we all had a, had a really good time that first year. And um, yeah, that was really, that was a good, Good first year as, uh, with roommates and in pro. Oh, good. Uh, now, I, I would think it's probably a little bit tough playing in the uh, AHL. Obviously, it's fantastic hockey, but everybody's goal is to make that next step up to the NHL. Uh, you know, you're sitting there playing a few games. You think you're having a good week, and then you're, there's an injury at the big club. Uh, somebody else gets called up. I would assume it's probably you're hoping it's you, and then you see it's your friend. Uh, a little bit of jealousy maybe kicks in, maybe it doesn't. You're hoping the best for yourself, yet you're a good teammate, I'm assuming. So that must be tough as far as uh, feelings with guys going up and down, who gets called up, who doesn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, to, to be honest, I think I've had a pretty good situation that way. I think the guys that I've played with in Providence, like when a guy does get called up, everyone's so happy for them. and um, It's like – it's not as much like that. Obviously, you want to be the guy getting called up, but the players that I've played with in Providence the last two years, you're just so happy for that guy. And um, I think that's pretty unique and just says a lot about the organization that we have there too. That's great. So what are you learning about uh, taking that next step? Obviously, your goal is to make the NHL. What have you learned so far uh, putting in your dues in the AHL to hopefully make the, the jump up to the big club as you, you did one game there last year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, obviously it's faster, and that that part of that always has to get better. You just have to see the game faster and stuff like that. But um, biggest thing I'm learning, I think, is probably the consistency. Uh, you you watch an NHL game and you never really see like, rarely see a big guy take a night off, and that's why they're the best, is because they're they're good for 82 games over a full season. So trying to find that is probably the biggest thing. Great. And as far as coaching, what are they teaching down there? Are they teaching the same systems as the NHL? Are they, uh, 
is their goal to prepare you to get better or are they stick are they there to develop players or are they at that level trying to win games to try to promote themselves as well are they sticking with the system to try to help you to get better as a player to get you to the NHL yeah I think my coaches in Providence have been awesome they've been we've had good teams both both years um Jay Leach has been my coach the the past two and um I think what you said I think they do both I think they develop you and then you're still trying to win I think that's probably one of the best things that the culture in Boston is they have is it is a winning, winning culture and like the Bruins win we were winning when we were I've been there last two years so uh, I think that honestly makes you a better hockey player too. Obviously, when you're winning and you're learning how to win, and I think uh, what they have going there is is pretty special. Awesome. Hey, hey, Cameron. Just I just to speak on that a little bit myself. Like I'm, I I couldn't even imagine being a kid coming from Edmonton and and winding up in an organization like Boston. You know, like you did, and and when you did with the kind of caliber of coaches they have players they have management they have I mean take me through your first NHL game uh who did you play take me through kind of you know the whole process of you getting the call you going up you know um family coming. game day yeah is, is do you have your mom and dad and as many tickets as you can or you know I want to know about your game day prep all the way to the warm-up you know just Put us, put our, put us and our li- and our listeners kind of in in your shoes for that whole day and that process. In twenty years, probably dreaming of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was a cool the whole thing. I mean, um, I guess to start uh, when I got so we were on a bus trip. We were playing in Hershey, and I was coming back, and uh, the trainer had our trainer comes to me and he goes, "Hey, like." I blocked a shot in the game. My foot was hurting or something, like a little bit. He's like, Hey, your foot's fine. Right. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's good. He's like, yeah, it's fine. Cause just heads up. Like you might be getting called up. And this was on the bus. So I had like five hours on this bus thinking about like, Oh, am I actually going to get called up? I'm actually going to get called up. And, um, and then we got back to, to Providence. He pulls me in the training room and he goes hey like your foot's fine like right I'm like yeah it's totally fine at this point like (laughs) I don't feel anything in my foot my foot doesn't matter and then the next day Don Sweeney calls me and he goes hey Cam like you're gonna get called up to the Boston Bruins we're 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 playing against Pittsburgh uh we need you we need you to play the same game you're playing all this stuff and he goes oh yeah I heard about your foot like what's going on there I'm like oh my foot's totally fine Don like we're Mr. Sweeney it's gonna be fine (laughs) <laughs> so that was pretty funny and then uh i called my dad and i was like hey dad like um just got called up uh you and mom uh they'll, they'll pay you to get down here and all that and he's like because they were in portland they were watching my brother ryan play and they had uh they had a crazy day they flew out the next day got there just in time for warm-ups um and we were able to watch that game that was so cool and then uh, one of my good buddies who actually got me onto your guys' podcast, I think, uh, he, I told him, and the next day, his name was Brandon, he, he called me, he's like, man, I'm coming to the game. And I'm like, I just, I was like, okay, all good, like, we'll see. And then I was so busy, like, getting all my stuff ready, getting up to Boston. And then the next, the day of the game, he texted me, like, hey, man, I'm here. 
And I was like, what? Like you actually made it? And he did make it. So Is that Brendan Clack? Yeah, Brendan yeah, Clack. Okay. He flew right out the day of and he got down there. And I was, I mean, I was amazed. It just shows how good of a friend he is. And uh, he was there to watch. So he watched my parents and um, Boston hooked up everything. They got him a couple tickets. Uh, they watched the game and it was pretty cool. I think, I think they enjoyed it just as much as I did. So um, it was definitely a pretty cool day. Hey, I want to know, so warm up, did these guys do anything? Did they make you, were you the first guy out? Did you have to lead the team? And then they made you kind of do a little hot lap there. Or was there anything like that? Or was it just business as usual? Uh, okay. So no. And this is, I can actually kind of dive into that more. So they don't do any of the rookie hazing in Boston. It's uh, like, oh, okay. so they don't, Chara, it's his thing. He doesn't do any oh, yeah, yeah. hazing or anything. And it's, it's the exact opposite. They make you feel like you've been on the team for, for 10 years. They make you feel so at home. They make you like, um, I can't say enough about how good of people they are. It's, it's, it was really cool. I, there's a funny another thing or something that I always remember uh, right before the game, everyone's getting dressed and everyone's doing their sock tape, whatever. And I'm in my gear, whatever. I'm sitting there. I'm pretty nervous, obviously. And uh, Patrice Bergeron comes over and he sits right beside me. Wow. And he goes, and he goes like, Hey Cam, like, like you deserve to be here. This is enjoy it. Like have fun with it. Don't be nervous. All these things. And I was like, I had chills. I'm still getting chills now. And it was just the coolest <laughs> thing. And it was, I'm I, living I through you. Like, I can see it. Like if you can, it's unbelievable. I'm getting chills. Yeah, I know. It was super like, it just, I don't think they get those guys get enough credit for how good of like just people they are. Like, you know, him as a player, obviously, but when like he does that and he does it all the time kind of thing. So it's, it's pretty cool. And then it, then seeing all that, I can see why they've had such a good culture there with those kind of guys. I saw, I actually saw, I should have known better. Cause I saw, I remember watching an interview with him and I can't remember if it was Sportsnet or TSN or whatever the hell we got up here. Might've been even been NBC, but he was saying that exact same thing that why, why should I, you know, you kind of poke, poke, poke a kid that's, you know, playing his first game. I want to make him feel comfortable. Like he's been here for 10 years. And I actually, I thought I told you about that Brody one night and I might've even texted your call, Jen. That blew my mind actually. So that just speaks about the leadership that you were around there for, you know, and, and hopefully you're going to be a part of moving forward. Talk to me a little bit about the game. Um, you know, I think you guys played the Penguins. So, is that correct? Yeah, Penguins, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. listen, I, I understand you're trying to soak in everything. And, I mean, you got – was Sid on the ice? My first shift was against Sid. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're matching lines, eh? He was yeah. matching lines. Okay, what a move. So, who did you play with? Who did you play with? Who was your lineies that game? Uh, so, I played with Sean Corrali and Chris Wagner. So, it was okay. – you're on the fourth line, but – he like he played us so we didn't play against Sid all night it it was Bergeron played against Sid but we were against Malkin I think for most of our shifts and like even that those are two of the best like players of our generation it's pretty cool how do you even sorry how do you even focus (laughs) I mean I can't like I said and I and I know there's going to be kids listening to this and and be you know how do you focus on trying to do your job I get it you're a professional at this point but 
I mean, you had to grow up idolizing some of these guys on the other side, no? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, – I honestly don't remember much of the game. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. Yeah, like <laughs> I remember little parts of it, but um, once you get into it and once you start – I mean, I always remember my first shift. I jumped on. I was like, holy, and then kind of went. And then once you get in, you do kind of just start playing, and that's that's what I do remember, so that was pretty cool. What tell me? I know we keep talking about the speed of the game, and that's a lot of guys that I talk to. You know, they say, okay, well, here's junior, here's, you know, college, here's the A, and then here's the NHL. How much faster and how quicker are your decisions that you have to make at that level? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just faster. Yeah. I think, well, I also had the only the one game too. So, it would, I think, I think you obviously do get used to it, but it's definitely faster. But another thing too is guys are in their spot. So like a couple of plays, I remember I'd get on the wall and I would look and like they'd probably be right in this perfect spot. Their legs be right in the spot. So as long as you can process the game fast enough, which is an adjustment coming from the HL, then I think you can, you can obviously play it. And that's how, that's what the best are really good at. Hey, what the hell's going on with all these Hugheses in the world in hockey? Like, you got the Hugheses down down in the south, and you got the Hugheses up here. Like, you're talking about your brother playing. What are they putting in the water? Like, oh, my God. Is that just a – is that something – you you have no relation to, to that family at all? <laughs> no. I've, I've played against uh, – <laughs> I've played against both of them. I've played against Quinn and Jack. Uh, I played against Quinn, and he was in Michigan. Uh, just so good. And then I played against Jack. I played against Jack one game. I played against him in a rookie tournament game, and he was pretty good too. So and they got another one coming. He's supposed to go this year, top 10. Holy, yeah. I actually just read that. Like yeah. three, holy smokes, man. Unreal. So this week we're, we're doing a world junior theme. And, and one of the questions I've been asking, I've always wanted to know because – you know, I remember the time when I got my bug, but do you remember the time you got that world junior bug or do you have any world junior memories that, you know, we're watching growing up and. Um, world junior memories. Yeah. I think my biggest one would probably be the, the Jordan Eberle goal. <laughs> yeah. That was my, I think he, at that point he had been with, been with the Oilers. I remember watching that. So that's probably my biggest world junior memory. Um, and then, yeah, that's probably the biggest one I think. Yeah, yeah. right on. So when, when you're in college, we found out last podcast, you guys usually come home for Christmas? Yeah. Or, okay, did you ever stay down? No, I always no, came you back always come home. Yeah. All right. How was the locker room? Was Were you guys beacon back and forth, you know, after the tournament when you guys got back or even over text and whatnot? Sometimes, yeah. Uh, my first two years, we had a uh, Canadian coach, uh, Gary Shuchuk, yeah. who's actually from Edmonton, I, I believe. I think he played CAC too. And he recruited me. So and there was a couple other Canadians. So it was usually us against us against the world, <laughs> against uh, all the all the guys from the states. But um, yeah, we actually even in, in pro now too. Uh, it's myself and. Uh, Trent Whitfield, who's a Canadian, and it's for some reason it feels like it's us two versus the rest of the team in, in Providence. So we're always 
uh, cheering for Canada and, and whatnot. And yeah, so it's a fun tournament to watch. Well, before we wrap up, I just, I, I want to say that, that Jordan McDonald reached out to us and then he gave us all the, the names to kind of do some research. And so I reached out to Brendan Clack, who we mentioned earlier. Yeah. And he, listen, he sent an email of things to talk about. I'm like, oh, I don't know if we could talk about all this. It was but- 10 pages long. Legitimately, <laughs> it was 10 pages long. That sounds, that sounds I, I, about right. And like, I, like I told Jesus. him, I, yeah, go ahead, Jeff. I was like, Jesus, Clay. He goes, hey, we should bring some of this stuff up. I'm like, Clay, we got but a little bit of time here like this guy's got a life like i don't know if he wants to talk about all this stuff it was insane <laughs> but li- well, listen hey, I've so known him i've known yeah. him my whole life and he's he's probably one of my best buddies so that's pretty cool we have a lot of stories and yeah he's uh, well you grew you guys he said you grew up in your neighborhood there were a lot of hockey like it was all hockey boys and yeah. and then like some of the things you guys would have your dressing room would be your front step yeah we had that, and then we used to make jerseys. We yeah. had we had home and away jersey. We had a third jersey. We made it like <laughs> you guys are traded draft players. Yeah, we traded. A couple of my buddies got traded. We'd trade them, and then they'd go. <laughs> they'd be gone for a couple. They'd be all all mad at us for a couple of days, and then they like, ah, we'll, we'll trade back to you. <laughs> and then you'd you'd pay your younger brothers to go in net. Yeah, the younger. Well, they'd get they'd get they get a Slurpee or something if they'd go in that. And actually, one of the kids. So his younger brother, he was just we basically made him a goalie. So he was a goalie. He ended up being a goalie. And I don't know if he actually wanted to be a goalie, but he was a goalie. By default, he just did it. Yeah, exactly. Right on. Um, one of the stories that I wanted to highlight on was so you lived near an NHL or Sean Horkoff, and and yeah. you guys would you would go and. Tell us about that. Yeah, so he was uh, – he only lived there for a couple of years. It was, it was before he started – he's made whatever his big money. But he was there, and we used to go and just knock on his door and pretty much force him to come play road hockey with us. And he would every time, and he was awesome. So that was pretty cool. Looking Incredible. back on it now, I mean, he had a family, and he would still come out and play road hockey with us. And, uh, yeah, that was – actually, that's funny you bring that up. I kind of forgot about that, but – that was uh, looking back on it and seeing what, whatever. I don't know what age he would have been, but the thing that he did to take the time out and play road hockey with a bunch of 10 year olds is pretty cool. <laughs> right on. So I, you, we can edit this out or not, you, you know, but do you want to talk about refing as a ball hockey ref? Is it, I assume you and Brendan did it together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they, what are some of the things that, um, you would antagonize each team to get them to fight each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the thing was, like, so we're reffing men's, men's ball hockey, and I was, like, 15, so I was young. And I'm, I'm reffing grown men playing ball hockey, and <laughs> Brendan was 17. So, and we actually, like, I, not to toot my own homework, we actually did a pretty good job, I thought. Like, a lot of guys would come up after the game, like, good job, blah, 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 like, whatever, and then, Sometimes the games would get a little chippy and whatever, and, you know, guys playing hockey, you're going to get chippy and they'd start hacking each other or whatever. And we'd be like, all right, guys, like if you guys want it, like just, if you want to go him, you can go him. But when it's done, it's done. You guys are done and whatever. And you'll like, the, it's over. You listen to us and whatever. Right. So one game it happens and these two guys 
okay, like they're going to go, they're going to go. And they start fighting, they fight. And then it's okay, it's enough. We, we pull the whistle. They both stop immediately. They're like, they're giving each other hugs. They're thanking us. <laughs> then they're like, they walk off. The game keeps going. They go shower up. Then they come out and they're talking, like having a good time. It was just the weirdest thing. But it was, yeah, we used, I don't know. It only happened like, like once or twice. But the fact that the guys fought and then they were just all good afterwards, it was pretty funny. That for sure was not a Dirty Birds game, Clay, for sure. Because we would have kept wasn't. fighting into the parking lot. <laughs> <line. laughs> Uh, you know, one of the things that, that uh, Larry spoke of about you was your, he remembers how respectful you were. And, and we appreciate you taking time out to, to join us tonight. And uh, yeah, all the best to you in the future, but you've got a, you can tell you've got a great personality and a good character in you. So good on you and all the best. Thank you. I appreciate that. I got one more thing for you though. It's a little bit controversial. Yeah. It actually might be very controversial. I heard the fact that you're a professional uh, hockey player, you obviously play a little bit of golf in the summer. Yeah. And a friend of Rubbers and ours, Blair Zahara, has told me that there's a controversial golf match with him and his dad, which is <laughs> you and your brothers. Uh, care to elaborate and hear your side of the story? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's a, that day is a full day. It was. We've always talked about having this match with Blair and my dad, with my brother and I, and uh, it was my brother's 21st birthday. Well, we were celebrating his 21st birthday. I think it might have been a couple of days before or after uh, we had a match. Um, so Blair's actually a pretty good golfer. He probably tells you that too. But Very he's a pretty, good golfer. Yeah, he's a pretty good golfer. So he and my brother and I, we, we play pretty low too. So we gave him, we gave Blair six, which wow. I think even there, Blair should have had like four. So I'm going to get that plug on him that he might have sandbagged us a bit. But so he got his six, and then my dad, we gave my dad 18. So he's 18 shots, and we played a match. And the match is going well. We're playing all day, um, you know, having a good time, whatever. Gets to, eight, or gets to 17, and my dad hasn't done anything on this match. Like, he hasn't made a pot, hasn't done anything, and they're down one. And he makes, like, a 60-footer that hits the pin. You know, the ones that are going, like, 30 feet past, hits the pin. <laughs> Makes his birdie. It's net eagle. So now we're tied going to 18. And we're on hole 18. Um, player and I get onto the green. And my dad and Ryan are in the bunker. And if you've ever played Blackhawk, it's like a raised green. So you can't actually yep. see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Blair and I are standing up there. And we're like, Blair's whatever chirping. We're like, okay, like this is, it all comes down to this. And we both had tied. We get our pars. And we're waiting there. And all we see is the sand from the bunker just splashing as my brother and my dad are hacking it, trying to get the ball out of the bunker with both of them respectively. So my brother Ryan gets up, makes his six, whatever. It's a double bow. He lost hole, not a good hole. My dad has a shot. He gets up. And so it's three in the bunker, four in the bunker, five in the bunker, six, seven. And then it, we don't really know. And he finally gets up and he taps in and Blair goes, excuse me, like, what'd you get? And he goes, I got a nine. So, which is net eight and we win. Right. But he, he, Blair claims he got an eight. So there's a big argument. Goes all the way into dinner. My dad always claims he got he got the he got the nine or the higher score or whatever. And uh, it came down to that. No one actually knows. We'll never know how many times the guy hit the ball in the bunker, but it came down so to that. More importantly, who played who bought supper then? 
Uh, yeah, I think they did. Yeah, because they lost. Like they, they, deep down, deep down, Blair knows that. That means he, they know uh, he had it. Was it was it actually Blair that Frank the Tank showed up? Because we seen Frank the Tank like <laughs> we're talking. This was a full day, and if this guy was hammering beers, we know what Blair can turn into. <laughs> no, no, there was no Frank the Tank because I've seen Frank. <laughs> I've seen Frank the Tank too, but no Frank the Tank. <laughs> Frank the Tank's busy build, building a, a wooden chair for one of our uh, coach's wives, actually, as we speak. Yeah. I think to replace oh, when yeah. he broke at the Christmas party. <laughs> No, it was fun. Blair, Blair's a really good golfer. He's one of those guys that I think he can do like all sports. Any sport. But he, yeah. He's awesome he, at he, it. He, he hit a wedge. We golf. We had a couple golf uh, coaches golf matches during COVID. And this guy was hitting wedge like 185. Yeah, <laughs> he bombs it. And he, put, he hits it when well, he was hitting a hybrid all day. He was hitting this little three like hybrid oh, out there. He beat him, I hope. Yeah. We'll finish up on this. Petra wanted me to ask you about your guys' golf match at uh, Blackhawk <laughs> this year. <laughs> so, Yeah, so I guess, well, that, I guess it's a different point, but with this whole COVID thing, I did golf probably a lot too. So that was fun. I got a chance to play with Petra. I never played with Petra before and played with another couple of guys or whatever. But uh, the one with Petro, so Petro, he – we play with strokes or two, so he got a bunch of strokes, but he was, he was playing at an eight and he would get, he would make a seven, make a tri- triple. And the next hole he'd make a birdie and the next hole he'd make a, like an 11 and it'd be like, what kind of guy am I getting here? And then I guess our match, it came to, uh, came down to the last hole and he needed to make the putt. And I told my teammates in Providence this one too. And he had like seven feet and it was like a, probably a, two foot break i needed him make the putt to win the match and we were actually playing for a little bit of money or whatever and just stone cold drained at center cup for like i think it was for like a double bogey too but it was it was for the win and he nailed it so that was pretty fun that's awesome yeah well uh yeah and he spoke very highly of you and obviously the boston organization as you touched on he said it's the best organization he's been a part of and just how professional it is ran down in providence too so we, uh, we appreciate you coming on and all the best of luck when you get back on the ice, Cameron. Perfect. Thanks for having me, guys. You're very welcome. Thank you. Take care, man. Thanks, buddy. If it's done right the first time, you don't have to redo it. If you get Pete's concrete to pour your driveway, you don't need a repeat. When your patio is a PDO, you don't need a repeat. When Pete's concrete fixes your sidewalk, all it takes is once. You don't need a repeat. And if your basement leaks, a Pete's repair helps avoid a repeat. Get it done right the first time, with the colors and textures you want, so you don't have to redo it. For concrete, you can choose Pete's or repeats. Pete's Concrete. Thank you.